Good. I want to build on what Adam has said there. Um, God wants to know us, and he wants us to know him. He wants us to yard him. Hallelujah. And I just want to just lay out a few things. Really excellent, Adam. Build on what you've said there to encourage us in the, uh, the, why we need this intimacy. And I want to focus on one guy in the New Testament. I hope you find it helpful. Uh, tomorrow we'll hear a bit more about how we engage in this intimacy. We'll be challenged in our response to intimacy. But I just want to, I just want to say why. And I've got a definition. Dare I use this or not? Is it a lack of anointing on Adam's part? Or, or? <laughs> no, it's, no, it's not anointing. There's more anointing needed up here. Okay, if you can just see, put the next slide on. Uh, next one. Intimacy, definition and the dictionary, close familiarity or friendship. It's a place where two people come together. I can't stand still, sorry. It's a place where two people come together and there's no barriers. There's no shame. There's openness. There's oneness. You're not worrying about what the other person's going to think of me, how they're going to respond. It is absolutely no barriers. And familiarity is a wonderful thing. But it can be a bit awkward when somebody's over-familiar, right? Everyone's somewhere a bit over-familiar. You know, there's such a thing as personal space, those kind of things. When I was very young, I, I haven't got many memories of, of my youth. Um, I think I said last time how joy was horrible to me and everything. Uh, I just want to say that was true. It was not true. But um, I haven't got very many memories. But I, and my mother, my mother died when I was 14. But I have one memory. And... Uh, and I, I, she was sitting in the lounge uh, by the fire. The fireplace was just here, during that kind of rocking chair we used to have. And uh, she was entertaining guests. There was people sitting in the settees around here. And I, was, I must have been in my single figures. I can't remember, eight or something or nine. And I used to crawl up on her knee on this rocking chair. Isn't that lovely? And then and they, she was talking. And I, I suddenly, I don't mind me saying this, actually, uh, I can say this now, church, if you don't mind. My wife is squirming. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, for some reason, I, I, I sat up and I, and I prodded her in her bosoms. And I said, Mum, what are these for? <laughs> is that all right? Am I, am I all right? Can I say bosoms? You said sex a lot. I can. Look, and and I, I don't know. I don't know why I did that, uh, really. And she was quite embarrassed. And Yeah. But, you know, as children, as children, we don't have that barrier, do we? And I was in the doctor's. Uh, no, it was the haircut, my haircut. And a, a, a lady. Yeah, he's very, he's very multi-talented, my doctor. <laughs> Anything you like, he'll do it. Um, and a lady walked in. And her toddler was by her ankles, kind of walking around and looking at you. And this guy, he, this kid, he's only about one and a half. He started kind of pushing her skirt up, <laughs> you know, because kids do. And she's going like, get off, get off. And there's no barrier. There's no barrier. That's over-familiar, what I've just described. And my wife will tell me off tonight. <laughs> no yada for me. Um, 
Sorry, I'll never get invited back. Intimacy. Intimacy is born out of desire, right? We love intimacy. We want it. We, we, it it's somewhat within us. We enjoy it. It's a longing within us. I want to have, I want to be intimate. It, in a relationship with someone you love, it's your wife or, or your husband. There's a, a oneness and a unity that you long. It's out of desire. There's also a, a, an intimacy that comes out of what's essential, right? You're very intimate with your toothbrush. <laughs> right? Yeah, you are. Right? Now, with, in your relationship... There's an intimacy there, and that's what you long for. It's what we all long for, that intimacy. But there is also the time that when we need that intimacy in the sense. And I just want to show you tonight really quickly. We both desire and need an intimate relationship with the Father. I desire and I need an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And I believe that this church in this town must move from the, the position where we know about Jesus to where we know Jesus, right? We know, we know enough about him. We may not think you do. It's more important that I believe that we know him, that we get close to him. And, we, you know, we can do some amazing good work for God, but the church that knows him, the church that doesn't just see Jesus as an example, he is an example, but he's more than that. He is in our hearts. He, the kingdom is near, the kingdom is in us, and as we know him, that needs to come out. Hallelujah. Put the next one up, please. Look at 1 John chapter 1. Now, I want to focus on John, uh, John the disciple. And, uh, and I just want to share just a few lessons from, from his life that I think will help us in the reason why we need intimacy. Let's look at this. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we've seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled regarding the word of life. Now, I think we see there an increasing level and deepness of intimacy, Right? John is describing a deepening level of intimacy. He's heard. You know, it's like when you hear something, like on the radio, or you hear a bird, and you can try and create a picture. What is that? What's going on? What can I see? But then when you add a picture to that, when you add a, an image to it, you get an increased uh, connection with what you're hearing. When you see the bird and you know what it is, when you, when you see the TV screen, you can connect. But then there's something beyond seeing, there's looking, right? And all the men here will know those times when your wives say, have you looked for the keys? And uh, you say, yeah, I've looked for them. What, man looked? <laughs> and you say, what, you actually want me, you actually want me to move things? <laughs> to look is another level. When you look into something. And then, finally, John says... That we have ha our hands have have handled, our hands have handled. John didn't just know about Jesus; he knew Jesus. He knew him. He'd heard him, seen him, looked at him, touched him, and everything that flowed from John, as I hope we will see in a minute. Uh, I th will show why he was such a powerful man. Knowing God can be reduced to an intellectual concept. And we think we can only ever know about him through studying. But we have heard already, he is a father that's longing for intimacy. 
longing for union. He doesn't want you just to know about him. He wants you to know him. He wants to have an intimate relationship with us. Like Adam, I love my kids. I love talking about my kids. And I know the father longs for intimacy because I long for intimacy with my children. I've been a father for 19 years. And, uh, and during those 19 years, I can think of maybe one occasion when I've lost my temper with them. Maybe one. Uh, I can think of a few occasions when I've had to discipline them, when I've had to get cross, but I do not like getting cross. You know what I remember most? I remember wrestling with them on the bed, pinning them down and tickling them until they said, stop or I'm going to wet myself. <laughs> yes? Right? Do you remember that? Stop, I'm going to wet myself. That's my heart. And you know what? I'm made in the Father's image. Sorry if you're disappointed by what you see when you get there. But I'm made, I'm made in the Father's image. And thank God for what we heard this morning. I stand, I stand in awe of you. Hallelujah. And I want to be in that place where I'm in the presence of God, in a meeting, and the power of God is so amazing, you can't even move. But you know what? He's a f- and I have to be like that with my kids. When you have to, sometimes you have to kind of be in awe. They're in awe of you because of whatever. But you know what? I believe we have, a, we have an Abba. We have a Papa who wants to treat us so uproariously, so tenderly, so intimately. Can you believe that this father would want to pin you down and tickle you? Now that doesn't sound too irreverent. God, the Father's multifaceted. But all my life, I've grown up with a very rigid view of Father. It's time to see him for who he is. I don't want to be irreverent, but look at this. Next one, please, John. Thank you. Back to John again. John 13, 21. When Jesus said these things, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Then the disciples looked at one another, perplexed about, who, about whom he spoke. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples. Who was it? The disciple whom Jesus loved. Does that sound a bit irreverent to you? Jesus reclining at a table. A disciple in between his arms, his head on his chest. Adam and I discussed the possibility of conducting this service in that position. <laughs> no, well, it, it made us both shiver slightly. So we... Uh, <laughs> just think of that. This is Jesus Christ. This is the Son of God. This is the one that spoke galaxies into, into existence. This is the one that parted the Red Sea. This is the one who would come and lay his life down. This is the one that sees my heart with all its defects, with all its issues, with all its problems. And there was one of his creation lying with his head on his bosom. Can you get a hold of that? We're talking about intimacy. To most guys here, I I know that kind of, it's a difficult concept but it shows you and I the level of intimacy allowed in this relationship right it shows us the level of intimacy the father the son is willing to allow you into his life and say come close Dave 
come close. Why do you keep yourself at a distance? Why do you, why do you, why do you go stay so far away? The innocence and the purity that, that, you know, that allowed me as an eight-year-old to, do, to be completely inappropriate with my, with my mother. That innocence, that purity, that naivety. I can be right there in the arms of my father. He is not a remote entity which just requires studying. He is a personal Abba that longs to connect. Hallelujah. And even tonight, he wants to begin connecting closer with you. Really quickly, what did this intimacy produce in John? What kind of man did he become? Why was it so desired? Why is it so necessary that we learn this intimacy? Intimacy. What was the payback? I just want to share just four really quick things that, I, that the Spirit impressed upon me as I looked at the life of John. And I hope they bless you. Thank you. And again, intimacy means you've heard it already. We know Christ. We know him. We know him by experience. And we can study him and we can debate Jesus. We can talk about him. I'll stay up here all night with you. I've done it in my youth and debate with you. Predestination, I'll debate with you whether you're pre-post or amillennial. Whatever you want to do, I'll talk about it. I've got a view on all of it. It's all wrong, probably. <laughs> but since when does that matter? John knew Jesus. He knew him. And when you read John's writings, it's this simple, plain, straightforward, staccato messages. Just, this is how it is. This is how it is. It's simple Greek. It's not as, as, as creative or classical as Paul's writing. The Greek is simple. It's uncomplicated. He uses simple contrasts like light and dark, night and day, yes and no. He speaks in a way that's clear, and it leaves no room for negotiation. It's not very popular today, but that's how he spoke. Listen to the, some of these statements from his first letter. Now, by this, we know that we know him if we keep his commands. Any argument there? He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in the darkness. He just trips these off like this. We are of God. We, he, we are of God. He who knows God hears us. If he who is not of God does not hear us. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. No ambiguity. He speaks clearly, and he speaks not out of a knowledge, but because he had been next to the heartbeat of the Savior. He knew his Savior. And out of that place of intimacy, as we have heard today, we know him. We know him. All the discussions, all the questions that we have, all the issues around our faith. You know, where is God in creation? Where is God in, 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 in same-sex marriage? What is the right thing to believe? Where do we get our answer? And, you know, we can debate this, we can debate this, we can debate this. But when we know our God, we will do exploits. And I was, I was, I was watching a, a, a show with my son. He, he, he likes all the... Uh, space. Uh, Joe likes all the stuff in space, and there's a show he watched. It was on evolution, and you know there was stuff about it. I, I said a few things. You know that doesn't make sense to me, and that doesn't quite work. And uh, and we can give all kinds of arguments 
to say, you know, we don't believe that. We believe God is the creator. But you know how much more powerful if we know Jesus, if we know him. And when a guy, when Joe or any of our kids, they go to school on the Monday morning, they're talking about evolution, there's no God. And the kid says, you know, I was in church yesterday and there was a guy that couldn't walk because his back was broken. We prayed for him and he was healed like that. I think there's a God. When we know him working in who he is, you know what? A lot of our questions are just say, I submit, God. I submit. I don't understand everything, but you know, your ways are right. You're just. You're powerful. You're who you say you are. And I believe in that. We can know. We can know who he is. Second one. Thank you, John. Intimacy means you know his love. I have, after being a Christian for over 30 years, at last realized his love for me is more important than my love for him. The quality of his love for me is more important than the quality of my love for him. It's true, it's taken me 30 years to believe it, and it's kept me as a performance Christian all my life. But thank God for that grace. Hallelujah. I'll preach grace to the day I die. Because it saved us. Set us free. That he loves me. He sees me and he loves me. The closer we get to Jesus, the more we know his greatest power, his greatest motivator is love. John majored on love because he had learned it at the beating heart of Christ. He learned that he was love. 1 John 4, 9. This is God. This is how God showed his love amongst us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. Hallelujah. This is John's testimony. And it says in 1 John 4, 16, So we know and rely on the love God has for us. We rely on his love. John was the most securest Christian in the love of God. That disciple whom Jesus loved, that was the title he gave himself. That's the title he gave himself. I am, and we sang it this morning, just fantastic, favorite one. I am the disciple who Jesus loved. You kind of think that's a bit arrogant. You kind of think that's whatever. I tell you what, he's confident in it. And we need to get out and say to one another, you know what, God loves me. God loves me. He loves me. He thinks I'm great. You're right. You get together with all his, all his buddies there in heaven. You know, Dave is a great guy. <laughs> Adam is a great guy. Love him. He loves us. And we need to be secure in that love. And many of us are striving to earn our way into his intimate love so we can receive his love. You've got to know tonight, church, his arms are open. His arms are open. Whatever your state, whatever your state of mind, your state of being, you do not have to earn your way into his arms. His arms are open for that intimate love. Thirdly, intimacy means you can love him. John had no problem how he loved, had no problem how we should love God. He made this statement in 1 John 5. In fact, this is love for God to keep his commands. This is love. You keep his commands. And you know what? It says his commands are not burdensome. His commands aren't burdensome. <coughs> I've lived trying all my life, trying to be a good Christian. Trying to stop the things that, were, that, that, that I felt were disappointing God. I was striving to try and live right. <coughs> but you know, the key thing for me is, what I, is that we start to believe right. 
the key thing is that we start to believe right, because out of believing right, because it's a life of faith, will flow how to live right. It's not my goodness that grants me access to his intimacy. It's his intimacy that enables me to live free from sin. It's not my freedom from, from sin that grants me access to intimacy. It's his intimacy which enables me to live free from sin. Hallelujah. The closer you get to him, the closer you get, the more you say, God, I want to live for you. John was clear. There is a right. There is a wrong. John wasn't fudgy. He wasn't flaky. He had no sloppy grace about him. He knew this is the way to live. And there are rights. There are wrongs. But I believe what has changed <coughs> from the law is that this grace, this transport system of the kingdom has transformed that, that transformed, transferred, sorry, that power in me to enable me to live right. I cannot, I cannot control my flesh. I can't. There's only one thing to do with the flesh is to kill it, right? You have to kill it. You can't control it. It's not within us. Or if you try and control the flesh, you end up in that thing in Romans 7. You know, I, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I do do. It's awful. It's all do-do's. It's his. <laughs> Even though I try and do it, I can't. And the things I want to do, I can't do. And it's kind of, ah! And that's how most of us, I've lived most of my Christian life. But then you realize this grace of God comes into you and enables you to live the life God has called us to live. John, who handled Jesus, says, I can obey God's commands and they are not burdensome. I love my wife and it's not hard for me not to do things she doesn't like. Does that make sense? Think about it. Yeah, it's not hard to do the right thing. She doesn't like pilchards, <laughs> especially on a cornflakes. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> don't laugh until you've tried it. So I put milk on a cornflakes. <laughs> I love pilchards. When you love somebody, it's quite easy. It's easier to do what they want, right? When you get into their hearts, of somebody in that intimate relationship. But I believe it's more than that. It's grace. It's grace that transfers the power to live right so that I don't have to fight not to do the right thing. I want to do the right thing. I want to do the right thing. I heard someone, uh, I was listening to somebody, who it was now this week, talking about sin. He said, for me, it's like a third shoe. I've just got no need for it. Just don't need it anymore. Yeah. It's kind of, it has no power. You see, because we've died. He who has, he, because he who has died has been set free from sin. Hallelujah. We all fell from time to time. We all fall. But my practice when I fall is to refuse the condemnation of the enemy, is to refuse guilt. And I say to myself and to the devil, that is not me. That is not me. It's not I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's what we believe that counts. Finally, intimacy is a source as the source of true revelation. I'm sure most people here want to receive from God. Most people here want to share him with others. 
we are all saying, God, what are you saying? How do we hear what God is saying? John, who leant on the bosom of Jesus. John, who heard, saw, looked, handled, was entrusted with the, probably the greatest revelation in the whole of Scripture. He saw in his eyes, in his vision, what we are living through today. God says, you know, my son, this is for you. I trust you. You take this. You take this, you take this revelation. The revelation, the book is called Revelation, written by this same John. And it was entrusted to this one who had this most intimate relationship with Jesus. Hallelujah. We need intimacy. We need intimacy. It's not enough to know about God. We need to know him. We need to yard him. What kind of church do we want to be for this world? We owe this world a church that knows it's God. We owe this world a church that has not studied God and can explain him, but a church that experiences God and can demonstrate him. God doesn't need explaining. He can explain himself. Right? What he needs is demonstrating. John demonstrated Jesus because he'd been at his heartbeat. A church that goes from our physical, four-dimensional dwelling and exists in that multidimensional world of his kingdom and brings back the power and grace to displace kingdoms and plant his kingdom. Hallelujah. And this evening, his arms are open. His arms are open. He doesn't just want you to come in because he wants to use you. He wants you to come in because he loves you. Because he wants to show you his tenderness. He wants to love relationships with you. He wants to show you his goodness. He wants to show you his glory. Better a single day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Better a single day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. This is why the most uneducated spiritually can possess the greatest power. It's not about what we know in here. It's about what we know in our hearts. So the likes of Smith Wigglesworth can rise up to such great power. Hallelujah. If our faith is plagued by, by questions, we need to know God. The place of intimacy is where they'll be answered. If you're not sure, really sure of how much God loves you, then just draw near to him this evening. Draw near and just see his arms are open wide for you to put your head right against his heartbeat. Right against his heartbeat. Don't wait until A, B, and C is in place. Right? It's today. If you're frustrated by your love for God, intimacy with God will start to produce that in you. It'll produce it. And if you're looking for new things in him, new revelation, it's time to get intimate with the Savior. Hallelujah. Why don't the, just the band just come, come back and just play for us?
let's just close in with God, shall we? A true image and understanding of God is found in his presence. And I just want to end this time in his presence. And if you can recognize that there's been a, a distance between you and God because of some kind of fear, that you're not sure you'll be accepted, that you're not sure you'll be received, and you've come tonight thinking, well, I'll hear what I've got to say, and, you know, and, I'll, and I'll just go through the motions. But as, as Paul said quite rightly, this is a day in God's diary this weekend. And it's a time for you to believe, to activate your faith, and to be able to say, I know my Savior loves me. I know he loves me. And by faith, you believe his arms are open. And when you're fed up with your life, that it's not producing the fruits that you want it to produce. That you recognize it's not about me striving more. It's not about me performing more. It's not about me saying negative, condemnational things over my life. It's about me saying, Father, I receive the love you have for me. And as I rest in the intimacy of that love, as I rest in the intimacy of that love, I will begin to bear the fruit. You're asking yourself, where do I hear from God? Why don't I hear from God? I read the Bible, I, I, I go through my routines. You know what, it's in that place of worship. Tomorrow we're going to hear a bit more about how we do this. But I just want us to set ourselves up this weekend to receive. We've all got a switch in our head that turns the antenna from transmit to receive. Most Christians spend their time transmitting. God, how can I get it right for you? How can I make it right for you? How can I make it so you'll love me? How can I make it so you'll accept me? Today, I want to celebrate until we're going to receive. We're going to receive. Hallelujah. 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 Just close in with your Father now. And just in your heart, begin to worship him. Just begin to bless him. He'll receive it because he loves you. Thank you, Lord.